So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. This is week three of our continuing coverage of Halloween Horror Nights 28. I am Matt, and tonight I am joined by a special guest host for the episode from the Grin Grinning Host podcast, Hunter. Welcome to the show, Hunter. Hey, man. I'm really excited to be here. And you you almost got it right. The Grim Grinning Host podcast. It's a mouthful, I know. Yeah, what did I mess up? I think you said grin, grinning ghost. Oh, oh really? Actually, okay. I mean that I, that gives me a little bit more. You know, it it puts on this happy exterior. <laughs> and that's what I want people to think I'm all about. I will be honest. I I have it. I have grim, grinning host, and there I did it again. I have to really concentrate <laughs> on that, and that's probably where I messed up. So yeah, that that's been. And I say I've been saying that. Gosh, I, I think since I think since before the haunt season began, because you had. Shelby and I on for your Halloween Horror Nights wishlist episode, and I and and before we got back into the full swing of our show, and people had asked when's it coming back, I'm like, oh well, soon. But me and Shelby did an episode of, and like it would be just this mush mouth, but like grim grinning host. I'm like, okay, let me try that again. Grim <laughs> grinning host. So yeah, I've not been able to say that since the day I discovered the show. Hey, if it helps at all, we usually refer to the show simply as GGH. GGH I mean, that's the yeah. simple way to just keep it nice, concise, everything like that. And once again, seriously, that was episode three, or this is actually the second iteration of Grim Grinning House. We actually had a first iteration last year that we uh, decided to revamp the show and everything like that. So this 2.0 one, you were on episode three, which went out all the way back in May, and we talked about our IP wish list, and that was a really fun episode. Yeah. Yes, I was. We got a few things that I wanted to talk about this week, and I'm going to start off with the thing that I've probably been asked most about behind what my thoughts are of the event and my house rankings, and naturally, not only with Catacombs Halloween Horror Nights, but any show on Neo's as I've been asked about the drinks of Halloween Horror Nights, and by that, I mean the specialty drinks and probably more the beer selection for this event. So that's what we're going to start with, and... For a subject like this, it's so much better to have a conversation with someone than just do a report on it. And that is the main reason for this half of this episode that I have you on. So thank you again for that. You know, you uh, you struck a hard bargain. You're like, please <laughs> know, right? do the episode. I'll buy you a drink. Come <laughs> with me. I said, you know what, Matt? I hate to see you groveling on the ground like this. Yeah, what can it's... I do to help you? <laughs> it, was, it was really it's my pitch was over when i said i'll buy the drink but i kept going i, I mean i i got the sense of that after it was all said and done matt i've told you a couple times now but i'm sincerely once again i'm a huge fan of what you guys do over here at catacombs and i i do anything even if i had to pay for the drink myself <laughs> sincerely well well thank you but you didn't have to and we had the drink 
And let's let's go with the specialty drink first because I don't think it's a secret to anybody that's listened to the show. I mean, I'm I'm always been a beer guy since I was 21. I'm not going to admit any time before that, but it's a safe bet if you were to ask some people I grew up with. So mixed drinks, I'll try them every year, and that's as far as it goes. I get the one, and I'm done. And this year, I was lucky enough to try it at the media event, so I didn't have to buy one. And well, let's start. I'll just, I, I don't, yeah, it's already sounding like I'm going to get too negative. So let's not go there. Let's just talk about the drinks quick. It's it's with two drinks with a third option, if you want to call it that. I don't know what else to exactly call that. We got Totally Lit, which is vodka, tequila, gin, rum, triple sec, lime sour, and Coca-Cola. And holy crap, that's a lot of alcohol. I didn't realize that as I was typing it out. That's a lot of alcohol for one drink. <laughs> and then we got the Wicked Rad Punch, which is blueberry vodka, raspberry vodka, triple sec, lemonade, and grenadine. And just one point of note for anyone that hasn't experienced these drinks that haven't hasn't been to events, some bars, they'll put the grenadine in kind of like the uh, side of the cup. They'll like they'll pour that in first, then pour the rest of the mixture in. So it looks like you kind of a bloody cup or some bars will have it already mixed together. So some bars, it looks like they have it looks like they have three drinks when you go to different bars. That's the difference. Some have the grenadine premix, some don't. And then the gnarly twist, which is a combo bow. So let's start. This is the order. I wrote it in the order that I had them in. I had the totally lit first. So this was, I, I, I think, and maybe this is what they're going for. It seems like they have a, they've split this right down the middle. They went really sweet and they went quite sour in these drinks. And the totally lit is sour, which is interesting because apart from the lime and the actual sour mix, it seems on the surface, it should just be very boozy, but the mix I had was pretty damn sour. Was that what you experienced in yours? Yeah, the one I had was was very bitter and sour and almost to the point where, you know, we're going to talk about these two drinks combined being that third option. But to the point where even with the Wicked Rad Punch, as sweet as it is, the bitterness of the totally lit actually overwhelmed that when you put those two together. Ooh, so okay. it's it's very, very strong. I mean, if you enjoy bitter things, awesome. I will say I personally enjoy sour taste, and this was a little much for me. And it kind of just not nearly as flavorful as you might want. Um, I'm not a Long Island iced tea drinker, so I can't vouch on just experience from that, but I wasn't really crazy about this one, unfortunately. Is that what this is supposed to be like, a Long Island, uh, yeah, that thing? It's almost as hard to say as your show name, Long Island yeah, Iced I Tea? Think, I think that's where the, the lit comes from, actually. It's like a, it's an acronym, right? Like uh, in the You know what? I did, I even typed it out like that, and I didn't even really notice what I was typing, but now that you say that, it's standing out like a sore thumb. Yep. Yep. Long yeah, Island Iced I, Tea. I think that's definitely the basis, but it's it's very, very bitter. So uh, I've, viewer discretion about yes yeah. or drinker discretion. I've probably had a Long Island iced tea in my life, but I just don't remember it. Again, mixed drinks not my thing. And I asked you that because that's exactly how Johnny described. He had tasted it as well. He described it at the event. And I was like, oh, okay. And so, and then now, like you said, like I said, it's it's actually in the name, just abbreviated, man. I, I mean, it's it's totally lit, man. Yeah. Well, what what know, else could you possibly that's, want? You know, okay, let's... Uh, <laughs> this is... Now, there's a considerable age difference between you and I. I'm not going to point out exactly what it is. <laughs> and lit is... Uh, I, there's a generational definition between us in the word lit. My mm. point of that is, this. there's no doubt that the, the way they made, they designed these 
the signage for these drinks. It is 80s theme. It's like it's it's pulled right off of every candy bar commercial print ad in everything from the 80s. And lit was the definition of lit in my generation and your generation like was not a pr- applicable in the 80s. So that I was, was actually going to ask about that because, yeah, lit is probably a totally different meaning now in comparison. to. I mean, even the the word lit in this context is relatively new, you know, in the last two years. It's interesting that they went all out on the 80s theming and signage to apply this name to it. But on the <laughs> other hand, it is a pretty smooth little acronym. So I understand why. They yeah, now it makes more sense than before I recorded this episode. But yeah. Um, I still don't know if I want to give it a pass, considering it's like completely '80s. But eh, uh, it's 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 a it's a lot more clever than I thought it was ten minutes ago. Sure, and the fact I will that- say the, the whole '80s aesthetic works so much better for its sister drink with the Wicked Rat. Punch. Yeah, that that's about as '80s as it comes. And I'm not entirely sure that uh, it's a good uh, sign or not that we talked 75 percent of the time uncovering totally lit on its name and its signage as opposed to the drink itself, but. Let's get into Wicked Rad Punch. Yes, this is now. If there's anything completely polar opposite of what that totally lit tastes like in terms of sour, your descriptor is bitterness. This is like there's no other word I can say other than sweet on this because it's like first, like my teeth had to stop tingling before I could actually start identifying other flavors the first time I drank this. Maybe you were like bit by some radioactive teeth or something like that. You know, your teeth senses were tingling. But um, yes, this one is this one is out of the two. I think it's a much better flavor. It is if you enjoy kind of the fruity liquor flavors or just easy drinking liquor, then this is going to be a much better option for most people. I think. Yeah, it was it was definitely more palatable, but it was almost too sweet. I I. And here's the problem with both of them, and maybe it's a benefit to the both of them because we'll talk about it next. Here's the problem I have with both of these. I can't drink a full one of either of these. This one is mm-hmm. too sweet. I could drink more of this than the other, and Holy Lit is too sour. I would be, I would want like a bottle of water or almost anything else to balance it out in my other hand as I'm drinking it. Sure. Uh, I will say, Matt, I'm going to full disclosure for you and the listeners. I had the syrup and waffles frozen drink earlier that evening before I had this. And I think my tongue was so shell shocked. Oh, my God. <laughs> by the sheer sugar that I got from the syrup and waffles that this didn't phase me whatsoever. I, I happily I could see that on this one. I could see that. So let's all right. Let's talk about the gnarly twist, because this is really one I want to talk about. This is the combo of the two. And I, I had poured mine together myself to get the combo of the two. And I actually of the three, that was the best because they both offset the strong uh, definitive characteristics of both of them. And it's something that I actually kind of enjoyed when I did that. I now I don't know how it tastes through those lousy straws in the split cup, but I would imagine it's close to the same experience. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much the same thing. If you try my tactic, which is trying to balance your head in between the two, <laughs> the team members are just going to kind of look at you weird and call security. But um, if you must deal with the straws, then, you know, so be it. I- I'll say personally, I-, I said earlier that the totally lit was very bitter to the point that it overwhelmed the Wicked Rad Punch. Maybe I just got a really bitter 
you know, totally lit drink. And unfortunately the, the combination wasn't there, but I can totally see now that you're describing it, how these two would fit together if they are mixed together, you know, in a better way or made in, in just the right manner. That's the serve the better way or made the better way. The better way is my point to this. It, those square cups are, I've not been a fan of them. I, 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 this is, I don't think a secret to anybody. It, they're just a very odd design. And I had wished when I tr- tried the drink the way I tried it, that they went back to what they did in 26. I don't know if you remember in 26, they did double drinks again, but they only had round cups and they did half and half in a round cup. This would be mm-hmm. much better that way. This, the, the gnarly twist, in my opinion. I can totally see it. I like, I would actually be up for it. I, you know, I don't keep a fully stocked liquor cabinet, <laughs> but it would be a fun experiment to try to replicate this at home and, you know, mix it yourself and then see if you can get a much better tasting drink than what I had out of the square cup. Maybe it's the square cup, Matt. Maybe we just look at the square cup and we're like, I'm going to hate anything that they put in this. That's, I would not rule that out. I would okay. not. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to know. Yeah. Because the square cup was just, it was a very, difficult uh it was a as a learning curve it was a shell shock last year it was like what do i do with this and then when i saw it again from mardi gras i was like okay this is going to be a thing for a while so i wasn't surprised to see it this year but i yeah i in this case it, it's unnecessary because the mixed drink i think is the mixture of the drinks is better than the two okay you know i mean that's that's the long and short of the mixed drinks I just wanted to give a description of what they were, and I, 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 probably not the best uh, description there is, other than sweet and sour. But that's that's from what a untrained palate perspective I'm giving. Sure, I, if you expected us to kind of like Food Network this for yeah. you, you know, <laughs> our our highly cultivated palates and delectable taste buds, um, you're not going to get that here. No. I'm sorry, folks. And not, no, not at all. Really, what I wanted to get to, and it it is literally. I've been asked this more than just drinks in general. Is the beer, and I'm going to say right out, as hard as I tried, and it's it's a Halloween Hard Nights is a very distracting environment because I'll I'll be doing I'll be taking my notes for this particular show, and then I'll notice that Scary Tales has a 15 minute wait, and there goes that next half hour, and uh, I I I will say I don't think I have a complete definitive list, but I've got a pretty good list of what's there. Because and this is this is this was tough because up until last year, yeah, up until up until twenty six, it was so easy. You always have your staples: Bud Light, Yingling, Mick Ultra, the, the Corona. That's the other one that's always there. Then they used to have their pumpkin ale that they'd have made for them, and then whatever their their other beer was. One year was a, I think it was twenty six. It was a wheat wheat beer. 25, I think, was uh, some kind of uh, uh, like a Vienna lager type thing. This year is crazy. There are, I have counted so far, and I keep coming across them, like, I think 14 different beers outside of that norm. If you count, mm-hmm. like, Springfield and a couple other places. But it's like, there is so much good beer this year. It's like, it's almost... Uh, it's almost worth making uh, a beer as big a part of the signature as the signature drink, like really push that round cup and push these beers because my God, there's a ton of great beer this year at the event. If you got a wallet that's deep enough, you know, your <laughs> friends might be up at food and wine at Epcot. Forget that. You're going to drink around Universal Studios, Florida during Halloween Horror Nights. And guess what? The scare actors are respectful enough to not scare you while you're drinking your fresh beer. It is nice. Yes. Yep. So let's start with like the the, the 
the specialty drink and bar bars, which are – this is what most of them have. There are a couple exceptions, but most of them, for the most part, they'll have the specialty drinks that we just talked about. And then they'll have their taps, which are generally Fat Tire, Bud Light, Cigar City Highlight, which is in Ybor City Brewery, right outside of, out, yeah, right outside of Tampa. So it's a local brewery. Deadly Sins. That's what I'm drinking right now. Are you really? Actually, (laughs) that's in my uh, Halloween Horror Nights 28 cup right now. That's awesome. Deadly Sins Blondale. I think it's the side chick blonde, but I'm not sure. It's a Blondale. That's a Winter Garden Brewery, another local brewery, and then Shipyard Pumpkin Ale, which is I think made its big debut last year. I know it was there last year. I'm not sure if it was there the years before. Those are the main taps at most of the bars. And on top of that, they also have a couple of cans, which, again, I think you got like Mick Ultra and something else, but I I really don't count those in my list here. These were surprising. These two I'm going to mention were super surprising as cans. MIA Brewing Neon, which is a white IPA from Doral, Florida, another local brewery. I don't see MIA anywhere outside of the big beer stores. I was almost a little too excited to see it at the event. Well, you know, I, I love the idea of looking at your Halloween Horror Nights hype list. It's like Poltergeist <laughs> and then this beer. Right. <laughs> it's very strange. And the first, I will say the, the biggest mistake I made, though, and I knew this because I know what this beer tastes like. It's a super dry white IPA. I got it with my first Twisted Tater of the season. I was like, oh, that's not. It's because then you're even like, even though you're drinking and eating, like following with, the, with a clearly uh, a, a beverage, it's not like knocking that salt out the way it should so i end up having to get something else to follow all that up with so that's I like to think you made this horrible horrible mistake while walking back to seeds of extinction at the same time just yeah. we've been traveling for days 40 days in the desert back to seeds of extinction god yeah i made a post the other night i was like i just got out of the uh trick-or-treat exit where's my finisher medal that's well, like a, God, it's like a 5K in of we said, we said on Grim Grinning Host that they should have put the Stranger Things maze back there because, you know, half the people would die of exhaustion before you actually made <laughs> right. it into the maze. Keep those wait times down. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a, that'll be a topic for another episode. So continuing with the beer, the other can that shocked me was Terrapin Hopsecutioner IPA, which that is a bold beer. That is not what I am going to – and this is not – I'm not saying don't get it. I am saying actually get it, but get it in the right condition. I am not going to hit that like after my first lap around the park where I'm sweating and hot and thirsty in our ridiculous amount of heat and humidity this time of year because that is not going to be what I want. I will want that after I've relaxed for a little bit. The sun's been down for a few hours and hit it again. Uh, I mean, sorry, and then go and get, get a nice drink when my body temperature is at like, you know, a reasonable level because like i said that is a bold beer that's that's in athens georgia it's not state local but it's damn close terrapin's a pretty big company and of all the ones to choose hopsecutioner was again i'm like i'm impressed i'm impressed that's the one they picked because that means someone that knows what they're talking about picked these beers this year do you think that they are kind of appealing to that beer market you know people like yourself that are like hey wow they've actually got this and they're People that are normally like, you know what? Maybe I don't need a drink tonight. They're like, oh man, I got to get that. You know, I, I hadn't thought about it, but it's hard to argue that that's not a possibility because, I mean, I w- there's a part, there's really no need to have 
the two big taps, Cigar City and Deadly Sins, alone. I mean, because it's always been two before that. I appreciate that they do, but there, but that's one extra. And there's absolutely no need to have these two particular cans. And we're not done, so I can't really formulate an argument against that. Yeah, I mean, you're bringing people from all over the country. All over the world, even. Yeah. And if you put these specialty beers in front of them, maybe people that normally wouldn't chill out to have drinks are like, hey, this, you know, I'm having a great night. I've got to try this while I'm here, too. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but that that could be very well. And the um, and doing it in cans. I mean, doing these really, really uh, interesting choices in cans. As long as I mean, once they hit the ice, it's it, you can't do temperature swings, but there's there's more outlets they can move those to than a half drunk keg or half served keg in this case. So yeah, this might be a test into, you know, maybe we're got a new, uh, <laughs> a new, uh, market phase to cater to at Halloween. That's a good point. That's a good point. Hey, I mean, international Halloween horror nights, food and wine <laughs> festival has a, a certain I, ring to it. I absolutely have no problem with that at all. In fact, if that were to be a thing, there would be a night I schedule just to make sure I complete that whatever checklist there is made out of that. There's also, I think, I think, because this is a late, late addition to my list. I think there's also Angry Orchard in most of those bars too. That's the the Sam Adams cider, which yes. I'm typically uh, not a cider guy, but it, yeah, I kind of, it kind of caught my eye the other night. I was like, oh, okay. That's, and I noticed it at one of these, one of those main bars. I'm like, it's probably at most of those as well for anyone that's interested in that. That is like I, the, the pop-up bars. That's the term I couldn't think of earlier. There's a new addition that we have to talk about that has, I think all of these plus more. I don't know what its official name is. Maybe you do. I think you have a better handle on this kind of, um, of culture information than I do, but I, I noted it as a transformers bar. It's a bar over by the transformers. That's right. Because they basically say, sir, you got to roll out of here. And I'm like, you're keeping with the theming. That's great. Um, no, I actually, speaking of theming, the theming for this bar is cool. And yes, it feels like they've got, pretty much everything we've mentioned so far yep at this bar which i think it's actually two bars back to back is that right it is in fact i went to it ooh, sunday night sunday night or friday night because i wanted to make sure i got everything that was at, on that list because i thought they'd have more and and they do spoiler alert for the next two minute conversation here and it is it, there is a line attendant at the end of the queue that is monitoring the amount of people in each line and she will tell you left or right so that the you get to the shortest they keep the lines at a pretty even even uh, amount and you get this there as fast as you can so not only is it two bars but it also has its own line attendant mm-hmm. i've actually seen some pretty good lines at that bar but i've never waited more than five ten minutes nope. for it tops even yep. with a long line with all the switchbacks filled they're very very efficient at that location yep i I it must I don't know if it was new for Mardi Gras this year, but I ended up hitting that up at Mardi Gras more than the pop ups because it was even though that looked longer, it was always faster. It's because the line is longer, but you also have like six checkout stations as opposed to one or two at the pop up. Or four for the double ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. But okay, the point I brought that up for was not only to to explain that it was there and talk about how great the service is there, but on top of that, they had two other things that no one else I've not found anywhere else. To my surprise, they had Sam seventy six. I don't know if you've tried this beer yet. I don't know if you're a Sam Adams guy. I I have. Not not in Halloween Horror Nights, but I have tried it, yes. 
That's an interesting beer because it's that is a very well it's it's mass produced now, but when they tried it, very experimental using two strains of yeast on one commercial beer, and I I, I like it. I've handed it to people who absolutely do not like it, and when it's that split down the middle, I don't expect it to see it. I don't or I don't expect to see it at events like this. I was very happily surprised to see it at this bar being served, albeit in cans. You couldn't get it on draft, but they still had it. And I dig it. I wish it was on draft. Yeah. Just so I had the option. Yep. Plus, you know, drafts always going to be preferable. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. That's a, that's actually a really good beer. If you like the taste of it, a really good beer for these hot nights. Yeah, that's probably one of the more refreshing options out of the few that we've mentioned so far. Yeah. Yep. And then the other thing they had, which is not the style, is not something I usually go for, but I have had this before. It's actually quite good. And I'll probably go get one, and I need to tell my wife it's there. They have Black Widow Cider by Original Sin, and it's a it's a blackberry cider. It's an apple cider base, but then there's blackberries in it as well. I had this at a beer festival in Sanford six, six to ten months ago. I forget how long ago it was. It was still this year. I don't think it was far back as January. I just got it because like I was trying everything because it was free with no expectations and went, holy crap, this is good. And well, apparently whoever decided on the alcohol menu this year at Halloween Horror Nights thought the same as well. That was a huge surprise as well. There's so that's what is amazing about this list is not the fact that there's so many beers. There's just so many beers. I wouldn't have expected them to say, yeah, let's see how much of this we can sell. It's crazy. Sure. I mean, it's fun that they're being experimental yeah. with it. You know, you can pretty much go anywhere and get your four major brands, but considering they are doing a lot of these craft beers too now, you know, it's nice to have options for sure. Yeah. And then the goal is the name of that cider, Matt. The, the name of the cider or the brewery? Well, it's a, it's a Black Widow cider. By who was it? Original Sin. Man, that sounds like a hell of an industrial goth metal band. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just saying that whole title, like that's my their their hit track from their 1998 album, is what I'm saying. It's a cool looking can. It is. It's, uh, yeah. Um, I kind of wish they'd. Well, no, no. I was gonna say I wish they'd let you take the can, but I I know an hour into carrying an empty can, I'd be like, why did I take this can? It's a can. I can get it anywhere. <laughs> Just punch it across the park. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, And then, okay, really, I have just a few more to mention here. And there's other stuff we want to talk about in this episode. So if you're not a drinker, we're almost done. The the kind of the, the hidden treasure of all these bars, which I didn't even intend to really specifically search, search this out. I just kind of happened to walk by it, glance over and went, wait a minute, what did I see? The bar over by Academy of Villains, I believe they have Highlight, Bud Light, and Fat Tire. That doesn't matter because you can get that everywhere. I was even further surprised, pleasantly surprised to see they had Crooked Can. Now, albeit Child uh, child Cloud Chaser, which is probably one of my least favorite Crooked Cans, but my least favorite Crooked Can is always 10 times better than a mass-produced beer. And sure. Orange Blossom Brewings. I think it was the Honey Pilsner. I couldn't tell because it's like I could see the logo plain as day on the tap. I couldn't quite see what was under it, but I know they're can colors. And this was the orange. The tap was orange. So I think it's a Pilsner. Even if it isn't, the fact that there's even there's two more local breweries on site on top of everything we mentioned. This is just it's very. It was very surreal to see that so much craft beer was there this year. It's almost it's. I. I 
I don't know. I'm not quite sure how to. Dis- I, I, I'm trying to find other some, another descriptor other than pleasantly surprised, but there there really isn't. I was surprised, and it's all happy. None of it was disappointing. It's not like I went to every bar and there's only Bud Light and Corona. It was like every time I extended my nose to this, I was even happier about what I was finding. Yeah. It's it is interesting that you can only find those two. You only found them at the bar over by Academy of Villains, though, right? Yes. Yes. I'm not saying they're not anywhere else. That's the only place. Like I said, I don't think my notes are complete. They're extensive, but I don't think they're complete. I think there's that much going on this year with this stuff. It just means we're going to keep an eye out until, (laughs) you know, we've got a whole month to go back through the event. We'll keep an eye out. Um, last things I want to mention with beer, there are the can carts like Hunter had mentioned, and they, they are pretty run of the mill Heineken, or they're pretty standard. I should say Heineken, Yingling, Corona, Bud Light, Make Ultra, Angry Orchard might be another surprise in there here and there. But for the most part, that's what you're going to find. These carts are also in almost every line, at least of the big houses, but of the big houses, I mean, that's eight out of 10. So almost every house. Then, of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Springfield. You always have Duff, Duff Light, and Duff Dry, but it's also Oktoberfest, which just happened to start the same week in Halloween Horror Nights. Go figure. It's a good way to tie it all together. Yep. <laughs> Corporate synergy. Exactly. So that is, that's, that's, I mean, I could talk more about it, but this is, that, that's, that's half of our recording time now that we've, we've planned for, and it's not everybody's thing. So I'm going to stop there. Let me just say that I am more surprised to have find out we've now talked a half hour without stopping and having to struggle of anything to say about the beverages this year. And 80% of that was about beer. I didn't expect to have this conversation this year. This is, this is really cool. Yeah, it is. You know, it is just nice to be able to experience different things that you wouldn't normally find in the park, whether that's over at Shea Alcatraz or over at, you know, Finnegan's or your normal locations. It's nice that they're using an event like this to get some more unique flavors and smaller brewing companies out there as well. Yeah. So for all you that asked what beers are there. There's most of your, I would say there's 90% of your, your answer. The other 10, you can be as pleasantly surprised as I am when you find them. And I'm sure I'll find more and probably post them on Twitter. Now we, this is going to, we are releasing this first, the first weekend that's hitting in October. I mean, things, this is where it starts to get crazy. I mean, hell week is on the horizon. In fact, I would dare say it's going to be early this year because this year has been busier than I've ever seen. Any year. I see a bad moon rising. <laughs> I know, right? And one thing I wanted to talk about going into this. Now, this, this is when a lot of people that uh, are traveling are probably planning to come. Maybe they're, I don't know if it's too late to give them the advice on some of the ideas I have here. But the plan of attack, this is the first year I think I'm going to say that I think this is going to be a two-night event for most people. Now, I'll start off by saying I'm express passing most of my nights, and I could get in everything okay, but but the best way to do it is obviously do stay and scream and then stay as late as you possibly can. That's how I'll be approaching it with a lot of people that are visiting. They have their express passes, but I've always also added to that that you can do the event in one night without it, and you still can. But I think for the first time ever since doing the show, I'm going to say you really might want to consider a second night to not only do everything you want, but just take in everything that's happening this year. And that's a big reason I wanted to talk to you tonight, Hunter, because you have 
as much experience in this new generation of Halloween Horror Nights, getting as much in in a night as you possibly can. And that's what I wanted to talk about the rest of this episode. I wanted to bounce some ideas back and forth, what people can, because I think all the advice I'd given in the past four years isn't out the window, but I think there be, needs to be more added to it for the first time since we've done this show. Yeah, it, it used to be pretty cut as how you would tackle a single evening at Halloween Horror Nights. It was, hey, do stay and scream. You'll get to see the big soundstage houses, which was, you know, American Horror Story, you know, the last two years and everything like that. That's kind of completely gone out the window. And while Stranger Things has added to a huge increase of people coming to the event, we're getting a lot of return guests that are coming back week after week just because the house lineup is so strong this year. I know a lot of people are having a hard time figuring out, hey, eight of these houses are great. I have no idea how I want to rank this. So, you know, this is a pretty difficult year. And if there was a year in recent memory that you were going to try to do multiple nights, this would be it. Yeah. So let's talk about Stay and Scream. I've not done Stay and Scream yet. And you've said something really interesting, and it made perfect sense to me when you said it. Give me your thoughts on, I mean, well, let me preface it. It's Stay and Scream, the first thing, and you said it earlier, first thing you think of is I'm going to wait in line for Stranger Things, make sure I get that one done. That seems, in your opinion, to be maybe not the best idea for that plan. So what I've seen consistently on midweek nights, let's say Wednesdays and Thursdays, that a lot of people are having the same plan of attack that, you know, you are considering, which is I'm going to do stranger things. There's no wait um, because I'm doing stay and scream. I was there opening night with stranger things. I'm not even going to counter that into what I'm saying here, but midweek, it actually seems like a better plan of attack is to go to poltergeist and then scary tales and carnival graveyard, then head towards the back of the park and then actually come back to stranger things later in the evening, say 10 30, 11 o'clock. We actually did this last Wednesday. Now we are getting in October, which is obviously going to be busier than, you know, September when we've been going the, the first couple weeks of the event. But Stranger Things, we were able to get through in about 20 minutes of a wait out of a posted 45. The The nice thing is the wait times do seem a little over from what they actually are this year. But hey, if you're going to wait in the line, I'd rather be told I'm going to wait <laughs> longer than I am shorter, yeah. you know? So, you know, we went through that line in 20 minutes, which was great because Stranger Things, I honestly thought I was going to see like once or twice this season. But that's neither here nor there. But Poltergeist... Well worth your checkout. You know, that's yeah. number one for a lot of people this year. Um, just amazing what they're doing there. And all the soundstage houses are so, so good, along with all the other material. If you can say Stranger Things for a little bit later and do it with less of a wait, you're going to get more value out of your night versus waiting 75 to 85 minutes in Stay and Scream to go into Stranger Things. Yeah. And if you are there and there's a lot of people there, not solely for Stranger Things, but with Stranger Things high on your list, it might actually even be nice to save it as a little bit of a uh, a ramp up in your anticipation too. So that's kind of a, a added benefit if that's what you're there to see specifically. Yeah, absolutely. And it kind of goes back to the old adage, you know, people are showing up for the e-ticket attraction to use a little bit of Disney terminology, e-tickets being the big like yeah. top tier attractions. Um Take Flight of Passage when that opened up. People would hit that first thing in the morning and still have to wait two and a half hours 
to ride this ride when if maybe they just waited until the evening before the ride was going to shut down that's a 45 minute wait the same sort of adage will apply mm-hmm. or same sort of strategy does apply to stranger things from what i've seen the last few weeks yeah now what stay and scream would you if you're going to go over to poltergeist and scary tales and uh, carnival graveyard which stay and scream gets you into that so that is the Finnegan's it holding okay. area. Okay. Yes. So basically how they've done it this year is in Finnegan's, there's the main holding area that's, you know, connected to the bar and everything like that. But there's also due to the the traffic and demand this year, there's actually a second holding area. Is there really? If you're in that. <laughs> Yeah. So if you're in that first holding area and you're really, really set on doing stranger things, you know, you'll probably make it through in about 45 minutes tops. However, if you're in the second one, you could be waiting for the better part of over an hour to do that. But if you just veer right while everyone else is heading to stranger things, once it releases, poltergeist is normally open up at the same time. And then by the time you get to the poltergeist queue, let's say that's 15 minutes then you usually can do scary tales or carnival graveyard right after that. Those tend to open up with the event start, which has been about six 30. Yeah. One other thing to consider is due to the crowding, they've actually been opening up. I'm not sure if this has been the last few years as well, just cause I'm in a different perspective this year, but they're actually opening up the main gates pretty consistently at six o'clock instead of six 30. Really? Year. Okay. I've not, I, I'll be honest, except for opening night, I've not been there till well after open. It's like the, if I'm not going to get there to the point that I can get there for stay and scream, I kind of wait till eight thirty nine o'clock because you got that, just that little bit of breather. And, and really you, ha- it has to be between <laughs> eight and nine thirty. that little bit of breather for parking before parking becomes free at 10, because then that's when everyone starts lining up at nine thirty, and it's a nightmare to get there. So if I can't get there at open, I waited out, so I haven't seen that yet. I will have to start considering, not even considering that. I will have to start planning that as people are starting to arrive. Like I said, October. This is not only is it everybody from across the country, it's everybody else on Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights coming October. So I'm in the same boat yeah. as everybody else. I'm actually listening to you intently and making my own notes to figure <laughs> out what we, what, how we're going to attack it. Well, if you're not part of Stay and Scream, I definitely don't recommend tackling Stranger Things right when the gates open. Everyone is rushing there. You know, you see people running there. Where's my baby? Where's my baby? (laughs) Um, You know, that kind of thing. But, um, (laughs) you know, it's not uncommon to see Stranger Things posted at an 85-minute wait just from the Stranger Things line when it first opens up. Now, whether you're going to actually wait that or closer to 50 minutes, I can't actually tell you. But I think you're better off going straight through the front gates to the back soundstage houses with Poltergeist and Scary Tales and Carnival Graveyard and then coming back up to Stranger Things towards the middle or the the end of your evening. What's really nice, and it's something we've said several times, with having eight houses that is, it's, are all like in a battle royale for top contender this year, There, there's three of them in the back of the park and there's three of them right at stay and scream. So you really can't go wrong picking one over the other. Sure. And I haven't done the Springfield stay and scream area just yet. I love the houses back there. Slaughter cinema is top three for me. Yeah. Um, And I, I, I think that exposure is in there. Uh, The only, the only thing I would say about considering doing that with that exposure is that that is not a house you want to go in after standing outside in the sunlight. 
Rex, you are going to want to you're going to want to look like Mr. Roy Orbison with them exactly, sunglasses yeah. before you go in. Right. Um, Stevie Wonder it if you can. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is it is a difficult house to make through even at night. You know, we actually had the attendant yelling out at us the other day, "Please do not get separated from your party because you will not make it through this house without them." <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, the four houses back there with Dead Exposure, Slaughter Cinema, Trick or Treat, and Seeds of Extinction, those are all home runs. Yep. Um, you can't go wrong with any of those. But I will say you they're, they're all about the same weight. So just kind of pick which ones you're most interested in doing and hitting them up. Seeds of Extinction and Trick or Treat are connected through the same exit queue line. Mm. So it's pretty easy to do those two back to back. Yeah. I would I, actually recommend if you have the choice doing Seeds of Extinction, then doing Trick or Treat. I think Slaughter Cinema and Dead Exposure dump out in the same place. I know I've done Dead Exposure, then Slaughter Cinema, but I think I've done them opposite as well, too, because they let out in the same area, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. And okay. all that I4 road rage that people had from <laughs> earlier is just channeled right into those house exits that was as well. That is the worst. I mean, I will say that is there's really that that's one thing they it's going to be difficult to change and for many years that bottleneck by between Men in Black and Simpsons is not going to go away anytime soon. So prepare thyself for that one as well. Yeah, unfortunately, that's that's kind of a, a necessary evil that you got to deal with. Yep. Now, along with the house weights, which is like that, the house weights is most of the catalyst for me saying you might want to do two nights. This again, if you want to go at a less breakneck pace, is because the scare zones, unlike other years, then there, there's always there not. I shouldn't say always. There's often been a show type thing to see in the scare zones. This year, there are three scare zones with what I would consider full-fledged shows that you can stop and watch, it, which kind of adds like three new attractions that haven't been in Halloween Horror Nights before. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very easy to get lost in multiple scare zones here for an hour at a time. Yeah. If you're not really paying attention, it's so easy to grab one of the numerous drinks that Madden and I spent 45 <laughs> yeah. minutes detailing earlier and just hang out, especially Vamp 85. Yeah, and that's right next door is Killer say, Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah, Vamp 85, you can go through and see all the 80s aesthetic, and that's great. But if you stick around and especially keep your eyes on the, the New Year's Eve stage and see the New Year's Eve, the ball drop, that, I mean, that's something you got to stop and wait and do. So you're not waiting in line, but you're stopping and not moving. So there it takes a chunk of your time out. Killer Clowns. Actually, I said three, and I consider Killer Clowns in that. And Killer Clowns doesn't have a show. Killer Clowns is a show. If you are a fan of that movie, that's not one you can just walk through one end to the other and be done. You have to come back. You have to go in the daytime so that you can see everything in the bright light because the costumes are done so well. There's like no... like. Th- slap together costume flaws that would ruin it for you they're not there then you want to come back at night when the lights are on the facade of that building to get the full effect so that's one if you're interested in the property you have to see twice and you have to spend some time and really take in how much detail and how much they pulled from the movie into a street in the middle of a theme park it's just an amazing zone Absolutely. And you haven't lived and you'll, until you've seen, I believe his name is McGorry, who's kind of like the Ronald McDonald looking clown. <laughs> uh-huh. He has been consistently singing into his baseball bat to the clowns <laughs> from outer space theme yeah. every night. If you get fortunate, it is the greatest show on earth. Forget P.T. Barnum and the greatest showman. This is where it's at. Yeah. And then the, the one, the other one I refer to as a show 
is Chucky himself in Revenge of Chucky. He has uh, he has a, he has a show. He has a guest interaction segment. I don't even know what the rotation of that is. And that's another thing. If you want to experience the entire event, you have to stop and see that. So now, I mean, we have 10, 10 houses alone. Just saying the number is already more things to do. There's definitely more people this year. There's no other way to explain that. So you have longer wait times. And now on top of that, if you want to make sure you see everything, there's three shows in the scare zones that was not a thing before. That's why I'm starting to say uh, if you, you might want to start considering two nights and the other benefit to that too, as well, is that one night with express, you can still do everything, but you're still at a little bit of a pace and you have to make sure you get everything in by the end of the night. If you don't mind waiting in line, two nights, two night admissions without express is actually cheaper than one night with express. So it might be something to consider this year. I haven't quite gotten to the point where saying this is now the way to do it but it's something i've never thought i'd have to consider before and kind of offer as a potential uh, way to attack the event sure and i will say matt you know you've been going to the event a little bit longer for me i've heard from a lot of veterans that this is the strongest lineup since probably 21 for a lot of people yeah. yep. and you know there's two more houses now and you know the scare zones have expanded to such an extent in recent years that you're going to probably want that extra evening or at least to really prioritize your time in as many ways as possible yeah and then the actually it's it's funny now um i don't know that it's quite built up to a number 9 house for me but i don't know what what your when you say 8 i think we're on the same page but one of my my 9 and 10 were Blumhouse and Halloween. And, yeah, exactly the same. Okay. It just flopped from the order you just said, yeah. And the um, Halloween, I went through last night. That is the most improved house since opening weekend for me. Okay. For mine, it's trick-or-treat, but oh, I'm okay. looking forward yeah. to going back into Halloween. So not it's not like they're resting on their well they never rest on their laurels but they're not just taking the i mean it seems almost i wouldn't say universal but there's a very strong consensus on those eight and then those two and they're not just letting it sit at that it seems like they're really trying to make sure all 10 are in a fight for the top spot by the end of the event which just makes this harder to explain what you must see and must not see because that that list that that must see list is getting longer every night i go Absolutely. And, you know, just to shout out to, you know, those that are interested in Blumhouse, you know, you and I might not have interest in that. But for a lot of people, particularly, you know, younger individuals coming into the event, that's, you know, like the properties they're really, really looking forward to. So what you and I don't enjoy, maybe they do a bunch. So it's going to depend on the person. I do think there are very much, you know, top five houses mm -hmm. that I think are undisputable this year. Yeah. But, you know, that can shift just depending on what your interests are. I, I think Blumhouse just suffers because it does feel very outside of the rest of the event. It's kind of like on its own little box. But that's, you know, not the fault of Blumhouse. Unfortunately, no. that's probably well, more contractual agreements yeah. than anything. Well, that's what's tough about saying anything is not number one because everything is so good. There's Blumhouse. I... I it might be my number 10. That doesn't mean it's a bad house. Blumhouse is, I can name a half dozen houses in the years I've gone that that is far better than I could probably name a dozen without putting much thought into it. It's not a bad house. It's just not, there's just so much 
good, <laughs> like even better. It's such a difficult conversation to have because it sounds like I'm, it feels like I'm shortchanging those last two, but they're just, it's, there's too much damn good this year. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, those eight, which are the soundstage houses yeah. and the parade building houses and the two tent That's- houses, they're pretty much in a battle royale. Yeah. I'm super <laughs> interested to see where this all ends up by events and because it's constantly shifting. Now, if you did two nights, let's let's kind of uh, let's wrap up this part of the discussion on that. If you did two nights, how would you split it? What I would probably do in my opinion is I would dedicate, I'd probably kind of split the park personally. If you're trying to hit everything, I would probably do. In my opinion, you could probably hit the three of the soundstage houses being poltergeist, scary tales and carnival graveyard, and then come back to stranger things later in the day and maybe do one of the parade building houses or one of the tent houses or maybe even Halloween, you know, you can kind of alternate it um, and then kind of doing the back of the park the next day. My only concern about doing that is not that the other houses are of any lesser quality, but there's something really special about those soundstage houses. And I think if you bust out all those back to back to back, maybe the other houses will suffer a little bit as far as, hey, you know, that's cool, but they don't have the space that yeah. the soundstage is. <laughs> So maybe it is kind of like a happy medium, do poltergeist and scary tales and then do, you know, cinema. Uh, let, let's say cinema, dead exposure and Halloween and then do the other five the next evening and really enjoy and take in those scare zones. That's probably the best way to go about it now that I'm saying it out loud. Hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's I, I have two two schools of thought on that. I think the first if I were there for something specific, I think think i would and if it's one of the big ones if it's poltergeist or stranger things or maybe to a lesser extent trick-or-treat i think some people are actually probably interested in seeing that as well i would probably head to that side of the park first to make sure i get that and i might even do it first just to be sure i get it done and then and if i'm not expressed and i'm not limited to just one visit in that particular line then i know i can do it again on my way out I would do that and then do the surrounding ones up until the point that I'm exhausted so that I have enough energy to knock out the rest of the park the next night. You could probably do, if you're doing that and you're doing a good pace, you could probably do six and that way only leave four and go even at a better pace the next night. Yeah. The nice thing with those sound stages is you aren't working very far from the exits to the entrances. Maybe it is better to do, okay, so if stay and scream is an option, maybe doing that and doing those stay and scream houses um, say the four, the the two tent houses, the two parade building houses, Blum House, and then say Halloween, and then tackling your sound stages the next day. That might be a pretty good way to go about it as well. Yeah, you're kind of you're kind of almost. Uh, I think you are actually describing my second train of thought is uh, is if you're not there looking to conquer any specific property, that's probably what I would do. Actually, there's there's two things I would do. I would do exactly what you described. Stay and scream. That way, I'm you know guaranteed access to something right away, early, a little earlier before the rest of the crowds. And I think your your scary tales and poltergeist idea, I think, is brilliant. Hopefully, not mm-hmm. too many people are listening to that and now. That becomes the longest line, but I think that's a. I think that's probably the best one. The other option I would think of, and if you're not staying scream, if you're at gate, even though it's tough not to stop, I would, I would, I would head right to the back of the park. I would do those two and then work my way forward, and then, then I think you can almost really without much difficulty knock out six and leave less than half for your second night. 
there's a lot of options yeah. there. And but I do I do think yeah, I think the I kind of want to draw up a map of the poltergeist scary tale stay and scream thing because I think that's actually that's 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 the one I might that I have a, I have a a couple coming who are just here for the event. They're, it's not like they're flying out here for Stranger Things or Scary Tales or uh, Scary Tales. No one's flying out for Scary Tales except us HHN freaks. Um, yeah, the <laughs> hard guys is what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Number five, baby. I'm glad it's back. Yeah. So I think I'll take, I think that's what I'm going to try with them and see how that works out because I think that's, uh, like I said, they're any order, I think for them will be fine. So I'm going to give that a try. Yeah, it's something like this year, I'd say more than others because eight of the houses are so good, you know, with two other ones that I'd say are are pretty good or maybe even sometimes of questionable quality. But we're not talking about that. We're, we're focusing on the positives. Um, it You can very much tailor the event to individual interests this year, which I think is very interesting because, say, in 2017, it was like, oh, man, got to see Scarecrow dead waters and then whatever else this year it's like okay well what are you interested in seeing yeah, are you interested true. in being scared are you interested in seeing big sets do you are you here for stranger things what do you want to experience with that you're here for scary okay poltergeist dead exposure and seeds of extinction you'll get scared out of your skin at those houses <laughs> yeah. i really want to see big sets okay scary tales a carnival graveyard. graveyard yeah you can really tailor an individual visit to the person that you're introducing to the event or whoever's interested in going really take a look at the properties and maybe if you don't have the luxury of talking to somebody about it you know uh, Look at descriptions or don't, don't look at videos. Don't ruin it. No, yourself, don't but, do that. That's um, the, this yeah, is the one year. Do, do not do that. I mean, I, I, I don't know that I've ever said do that to get an idea of what you want to look at, but this year specifically, do not do that. You are just going to spoil it for yourself. You need to see this with your own eyes for the first time. I was so pissed, Matt, that I saw the scary tales facade the night before I went oh, in because did? someone recorded it for the TM oh. preview and it showed up on my timeline and i was like well shit <laughs> and now i mean it didn't take away from that but i can only imagine if i turned past those black curtains and saw that for the first time completely unbiased you know yeah. not knowing anything but yeah i guess just what i'm saying is look at who you're going with because this year i'd say more than any others you can really make an itinerary purely based around not what is best like it's been in years past yeah. but what am i interested in seeing that's what's going to be and i i probably gonna need your help for this too my i always do an annual so you waited to the last minute um episode i mean i'm either gonna you know pull in some people yourself included to really think this one out or it's gonna be very short and say well you you messed up you shouldn't have waited till the last minute i have nothing <laughs> for you you didn't do that buy one, get one <laughs> yeah, night, know, then you right. screw it up, yep. Johnny. Get out of here. Not not Mr. Bronto. That was just a generic yes, name. Sorry, yeah. Johnny. Yeah. It's a tough year. It's I mean, it's a good year, but it's a it's a it's 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 a tough one. It's I never not I wouldn't say I never thought I'd say maybe you just need to go two nights. It's just it's I <laughs> it seems just such a uh, a hard one. To, it's it's an event you can again. You can get everything in in one night if you try really hard. The problem is you're gonna miss. You're not gonna miss. You'll see everything, but you're not going to experience everything. And I think that you're gonna that's miss a shame those character moments that yes. we're talking about. You're yep. probably gonna miss the the New Year's Eve ball drop. Yep, you're probably exactly. gonna miss killer clowns singing into their weapons yep. about how much they love annihilating the human race. You're going to miss all the pumpkins going out in twisted tradition because you're so focused on getting from house to house to exactly. house. Exactly. Yeah. You're going to miss all of the small moments that really make the event special this yep. year. Yeah. I mean, seeing everything and experiencing everything this year, more than any year is they're, 
two different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. I um I can't stop talking about how great this year is, and I'm totally rethinking how I what advice I give to people experiencing it. And it's like, I mean, I've been I've been saying Express Pass since 2000. When did when did do it? 2011? Yeah, 2011. Hands down, there's no other answer. I'm rethinking that. Uh, I'm rethinking that a lot this year, and October is really going to make me rethink that. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I don't think Express Pass is a bad idea. At no, all. no, no, no. It, right. Yep, exactly. If you yeah. can swing it, go for it. Because the time you are going to spend waiting to go into houses could be better spent at all the various beer locations yeah. we just <laughs> talked. No, I'm just kidding. At the scare zones and everything like that. But um, if you don't have Express, two nights is definitely the way you want to yeah. go. Because you don't want to just attend the event. I do think you want to experience it. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's been a great year, and this is just week. You're just finishing weekend three. There's still what yeah, forty we're just getting started. Yeah, exactly right. Ugh. So, all right. Um, was there any? I know we were discussing tips and tricks and brainstorming for this episode. Is there anything going in October you want people to? You want to bring to people's attention before we really get into these next few weeks? Poltergeist is the best Halloween Horror Nights <laughs> house you've ever. <laughs> just throwing that out there this is true i can't argue that <laughs> i don't want to speak for you matt but uh hot damn that's a house right there poltergeist is one of the best i i i i don't know if i i think it was in one of my review episodes if it wasn't and it may be people might be avoiding this because of spoilers i had text quint and karen coming out of stranger things the exact wording was stranger things is the greatest licensed property house they've ever brought to life 20 minutes later, when I left Poltergeist, I typed correction. Poltergeist is the greatest <laughs> licensed property they've ever brought to life. Because here I thought, hands down, you know, they, it can't, they can't do better than Stranger Things. 15 minutes later, I'm like, not only is it better, it might be the best. In fact, it, 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 I can say it's the best intellectual property, licensed property they've ever done. Hands down. There are some tough contenders for originals. Because I'm a, and like you, I think as well, I'm a big, big, big fan and proponent for the originals. But damn, is Poltergeist probably the best licensed one they've ever done? For me, right now, it hasn't changed since weekend one. And that's yeah. Poltergeist, Scary Tales, and Slaughter Cinema. Those are like my, you know, if you were to take Hunter and turn him into a haunted house, three different haunted houses, <laughs> that's, what, that's what your result would be. But um, yeah, just there's so much good content this yep. year. If you are a huge Halloween fan, like I am, you might get more attraction with Halloween than you get with stranger things. But I, you know, that's wrong. <laughs> you know, actually, you know, you're not wrong in your opinion, but you know, there's so much good this year. I, however you want to tackle this event, I'm sure it's going to be one that you're going to remember several, several years from now. And it genuinely has me worried for 29 and a and 30 because this feels like a big marquee year doesn't it that was my that was my um uh i don't know what you would call it that was my if i am running short on time question for patrick when i interviewed him last week if i run short on time i'm gonna bring up how do you approach 29 because i knew we'd get a good two three minutes out of it luckily i didn't need to use that but because that's been on my mind too it's like it's almost like it's 30 has to be big it's it's a milestone year do you just kind of let 29 happen organically while you're wrapping up 28 and go to 30. I can't imagine what these guys, the tasks they are taking on these next two years. Cause 29 is going to be under a, under a unintended microscope it is going to be impossible 
to not compare 29 to 28, whether you intend to or not. And I actually kind of feel bad about the crap they're going to get no matter what they do. When, when it comes I, I cracked the joke on GGH on our review episode. I said, maybe they'll pull an apple and they're just going to squip. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. They're just going to skip over 29 and go straight to 30. You know, that nine, it don't matter. We're going straight to the 10, yep. baby. We'll do 30. We'll do 32 years in a row. It's going to be that big. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that is all I want to discuss this week. And if we're already discussing those kind of details and still not I mean, I th- we've had some good ideas. I, I don't know about you. I'm, I'll speak for myself. I'm still not convinced I have a uh, the perfect game plan for 28. I'm not sure I'll ever have the perfect game plan for 28. And that's just a testament to how much good stuff there is to do this year, which is good, but also daunting when you're trying to <laughs> trying to give out some advice. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where if you were to wander into like like we keep saying eight out of the 10 houses you are going to have an amazing experience regardless yep absolutely while matt and i have our favorites and everyone else on twitter and facebook have our favorites the houses are so good this year that we'll all tell you those lists are fluid they're going to change and regardless even if you only make it through four houses and they're totally random you're probably going to have a once in a lifetime experience you're not going to forget absolutely, and i know that's yes. the marketing speaking me but 100% you're going to have a great time. Yeah. It's it's it, was, it is impossible not to walk away with something you love this year. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. I would I'm sure now I've thrown the gauntlet out for somebody to tell me I'm wrong because this is going on the internet and that's what you do on the internet, but I think by and large that's going to be what people find out when they leave this event. Yep. So, all right. I think that is uh, some Good stuff, especially if you like beer. If you don't, I think we had another half hour of good stuff for you to listen to, I hope, especially if you haven't been to 28 yet. Hunter, I want to thank you for joining me. I had a blast talking to you without screaming at the top of our lungs over the chainsaws and the screams like we have been this year. You know, we keep getting to those pizza fries, and I'm not (laughs) sure if it's the chainsaws or the people in the restroom next door, but it is always so loud. And uh, it's it's once again, it's been a blast. Like, yep. th- thank you for having me. Sure. It's been great. So why don't you um, before we wrap up, we, we mentioned I'm going to say with pause again so I can say it grim grinning host. So what do you I know you, you did your Halloween Horror Nights review because I listened to that. It was that was that was a lot of fun to listen to because I, I know now I've met all you guys. I've known you and I've known Kenny, then you and now I've met Greg and Travis and I've known Kenneth as well, who appeared on that show. So it was great hearing some people that I know that have been going to the event many years like I have is a very educated is weird experience, experience review. So if anyone hasn't heard that yet, check that out. But you said that's probably the last time you're going to talk about it until the end of the year. So what are you going to be doing between now and then on the show? Well, we've done little things. Um, By the way, Gary was so nervous to meet you. I know he's listening (laughs) to this, Gary, I shouldn't tell him this, but, uh, you know, it was so sweet seeing him fangirl out because oh. all us Orlandonians are like, hey, you know, hey, we all got podcasts and media. I'm not sure why we're all mafia bosses, but we are. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you want to check out Grim Grinning Host, so we call Grim Grinning Host a tribute to all things pop culture, but mostly theme parks. <laughs> so what we're kind of known for are we... We do what's called Grim Grinning Host Topic Episodes, which this is kind of our bread and butter, where each week, the four of us, which is me, my co-host Brad, 
Kinney and Travis, we sit around the virtual internet table. And what we do is we all pick a random topic for discussion. So you know what? Maybe I want to talk about the Haunted Mansion. Kenny wants to talk about the trash can he ate on top of <laughs> at Epcot. And Brad wants to talk about Six Flags. And Travis wants to talk about how we photographed the two ducks that were doing illicit activities over in the lake. Um, it's weird. We, we try to keep it funny and entertaining. Hopefully you think so. We do. We are still talking Halloween Horror Nights, but, you know, in a lesser capacity, we'll do our final event review once the event wraps up. And hopefully Brad makes it out for his first ever visit. So, Brad, if you're listening to this, come on, man. Oh, on the he, Halloween Horror Nights podcast. Now you've got to. Is he coming out? But, is he um, thinking about coming out this year? He's thinking about coming out this year. Uh, you gotta, Stranger Things was one of those things where he's like, "Ooh, I got to check that out. You got to let me know so. if he comes out. I mean, I'm not going to take up a lot of your guys' time, but I mean, I, I met Brad virtually on that episode we were on the, together as well. So I'd like to meet him quick, like a quick uh, handshake and go. So yeah, let me know if he does make it out. Awesome guy. And Grim Grinning Hosts, we just have a lot of fun over there. We actually just kind of started back up Grim Grinning Hosts. We had a little bit of a larger listenership. Not that it dropped off too severely, but we're building back up and we'd appreciate it if you joined us. So that would be awesome. Yep. It's a show I enjoy. So yeah, I, I, if it's the, uh, <laughs> I got to play that pitch you just said to my wife because I, I got the reference and that's her, not only her favorite pop culture subject, but her favorite attraction in all of Orlando. I won't mention oh. what it is because it's another park that isn't the focus of this show, but I got it. <laughs> It's it's up there for me, along with yeah. them country bears. You know how yeah, it is. Right. Um, I will go ahead if it's okay with you, Matt. I am part of a a little bit of a larger project that we're doing called Disorder Every Disney Film, oh, okay. which is at our home base podcast over with the, the Real Fans for Real Movies Network. And what we're doing is we're actually looking back at every Disney film chronologically. Now, that's every animated Disney film that was theatrically revealed, released. So we started with Snow White worked up through Pinocchio and now we just did the little mermaid and we're getting to the rescuers down under a lot of people have checked out that show. And if you are into the Disney side, not necessarily the dark and the spooky, um, then check that out. We have a lot of fun over there as well. Well, uh, yeah, let me thank you again. I, this is uh, my intention is not, this is not the last time you'll be on here. I know I haven't asked you that yet, but I hope that's a, uh, uh, not a uh, uh, assumption on my part that you will be back again and talking some more Halloween Horror Nights with me this season. Of course, anytime. All right, that'll do it for this episode. We'll be back next week with another episode covering Halloween Horror Nights 28. And I think I know what it's going to be, but I'm not going to reveal it yet because I want to get a couple people on for that. So stay tuned for that. Uh, it'll always be announced on Twitter first. And with that, you can follow us on Twitter. We're Neozaz on Twitter and Instagram. We're Neozaz Podcast on Facebook. And if you happen to be new to the show and are curious what on earth the rest of the series is like, well, you can find that at neozaz.com and iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, anyone that carries a podcast feed, I think we're on. And if we're not on, just drop us a line at podcast at neozaz.com and let us know which one you didn't find us on and we'll take care of that. So I think that is it. Thank you again, Hunter. That was fun. And I look forward to doing this again soon. This was a blast, man. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. 
All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at neozaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Neozaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.